Good evening and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. Rob, how are we doing on this first ever bowl bound podcast? Pretty good. I mean, Pretty good. Brave new world, huh? It, it's been, I got to tell you, Todd, you and I have been kind of loudly telling everybody to calm Keep down, calm, and calm down. We're going to make it. Oh, there, there's not going to be enough teams. I was starting to sweat it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I got a little nervous. <laughs> when I started looking at the numbers, I was like, oh boy. And then like. The end of the first quarter, I stopped looking at the other scores. When ODU scored, I was oh, like, that- this, this is kind of a double dagger. Because I was like, oh, it's ODU. But also, I was like, oh man, that that just, there's one more spot. Um, yep. There were a couple games going that way. So it got a, it, it was much tighter than I thought it would be. Yeah, but I, I guess that happens every up. year. It's usually just one or two teams that need to go. So and and honestly, it did. It's funny that Beth Moens on the broadcast brought up the you got to wait till the end of the night for the returns from whatever the political county because it was I had forgotten like it was a little bit of Dewey beats Truman going on right. Well, and there was I had forgotten that like oh yeah some of the heavy favorites play later. Like as it turned out, I'm glad we didn't need all of them because like UCLA. Crap the bed. But I had forgotten that like the late night, like our window in the mid afternoon was rough. And uh, yeah, when Oklahoma State started coming back, that was the one that got us in our little group that was watching Um, the Oklahoma State BYU game. When that one turned around, I was like, oh, here we go. And then that was when I finally went back and checked like the Northwestern game and the Wisconsin game. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. We're here. And Rob, how glad are you we didn't wait till the Hawaii game? Did you see the end of that? That was the the jailbreak fire. I mean, the the, the fire run drill, on the field to kick a fifty goal. yard field goal. Yeah, like if we had to stay up till two in the morning and find whatever random like team one app broadcast that was on, that would, it <laughs> would have been, been pretty. Like, I stayed up for the soccer game, and I still was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. So, yeah. I mean, it was. It was a crazy day of of college football. Did you see the end of the Washington Washington yes. State game? And we needed that one too. <laughs> what was going on with know. Washington's insistence on passing the ball, only needing a field goal in the red I zone? Know. Like, that was like they almost threw interception like three times. <laughs> yes. yes, I know. And then they took a sack to make I it ten year. Oh my gosh, that was mad. We had a bunch of people over to watch the JMU game. And of course, like some of them are with us, like wanting to watch. I mean, everybody knew that it was it was our house. We were watching the JMU game. But of course, the end of the Iron Bowl, we had to flip the channel. You had to watch that. <laughs> like yeah. you what? Like we had to watch the end of that, even though that one didn't have anything to do with our game. Like, but that was unbelievable. Yeah. And the was- Iowa game was the one that got us all. Like we needed Iowa to win. And that whole craziness with the under over under and like yeah. the two interceptions in the last minute, the most Big Ten crap ever. Oh, that was a fun day. It, it was. It really. It was fun. I, I wasn't paying that close of attention to it because I just I felt like I was talking all year. Like it's gonna be yep. fine. They're gonna win. The odds are in their favor. And then I started paying attention when the JMU game oh, the was less ODU compelling. Game. Yeah, and then ODU, yeah. I was like, oh, I was texting you and Dreek and being like, well, I thought the ODU game was the one that was going our way, and then yes, yeah, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. But it was one of those things. It was like I was devastated, but then was also thinking, hmm, 
this makes a particularly loud-mouthed um, Georgia State fan online very unhappy. So I was like, that's good, too. That and is good. Too. That. <laughs> Man, the Georgia team's just, well, anyways, they, they are what they are. Um, but Rob, I mean, Kings of the East, two years, two in, years a row. in a row. This is, what is this, hard? Like, come on. Yeah. Roll damn Dukes. <laughs> it's, it's just wild. I mean, I, Saturday's game... And this sounds disrespectful, yep. and I mean it with every bit of disrespect. Good. That was the most CAA game that Jamie has experienced. That was going full FBS. on two years in a row. Like we play Towson or Elon yes. the last game of the season, and this is what we do. Yes. That it team like, sucks. Like I, they are they, so poorly coached. It's unbelievable. But they don't. I mean, like I, I <laughs> well, the same thing. But like, if you look at it, they beat App. You know, they beat ODU. How the hell did they, they beat, beat App? It's. They're good to, and they went what? I think they won three out of five without Grace and McCall. So, like, we can go down and talk about, oh, they're but down they with Archie Cordray. They've gone on fourth and a, a foot. Yes. Like, well, what are they doing? I, I, I'm with the color commentator who's saying that should be banned from college football. <laughs> they looked completely out of sorts. Yeah. But I, I'm they're saying that's so more amateur. Credit You're to right. JMU. It's so CAA. Yeah. I mean, that look on TV, I mean, thank God they had JMU fans in the stadium. Because otherwise was, they would have just had to put cardboard cutouts up there. Yeah, it was it was bad. And then they're, I mean, look, we're not, we weren't there this weekend. We are so impressed with the JMU fans that were. Uh, we love many of you deeply. Um, we were thrilled to see some of you escorted out of the stadium. Um, and we were thrilled to. I definitely Venmoed that guy a beer. Yes, hopefully that. we were thrilled to uh, have, have helped in some small way with paying whatever fees <laughs> fees you needed to pay. But yeah, that whole thing, I mean, they're sponsored by an indoor shooting range behind the net. You can, those JMU fans who got kicked out of the game, Chris Ward, they're able to stand behind the end zone and watch the game anyways, like it's a high school game. It's just so, oh, that was the most CAA of end of season games. Just, I mean, you remember those Towson games? We we would go to them home and away pretty much every year. And they were just complete laughing stocks. It was yes. just like it was an excuse to tailgate and talk about the playoff matchup. Yes. With your friends. And I felt like Saturday was just something to do to pass the time or take the edge off of scoreboard watching. Yes. Um, 56 14, JMU's biggest win ever over an FBS opponent. Like, did not see that one coming. No. And they started off. Oh, uh, no. They started off really shaky. McLeod. <laughs> Could not yeah. hit anybody at first. No, the credit first to him. Ten for, minutes I mean, or so were. Yeah. yeah. Talk about turning it around. Um, he's just he's continues to impress me. So impressive. Out. Like for a guy who didn't have the starting job coming in, who has lost starting jobs due to circumstances at two previous stops. Mm-hmm. Clearly has a ton of talent, but I think Signetti was very vocal about it. Challenged him during the bye week, saying this is a guy who's got talent, but maybe always isn't the most prepared and resilient. Maybe. He showed a lot of resiliency in games, the way he's turned things around. And he oh, did yeah. that. It wasn't catastrophic. It wasn't like Jamie was down two touchdowns. But he left some plays on the field in the first quarter. I yep. mean, was, oh, boy, this this is bad. I mean, putting it 10 feet over people's heads. Yep, almost through a six. Like, like, yeah. Six touchdowns accounted for or five. Like, it yeah. And it was just it was just pitching and catching in the second half. Oh. oh, it was awesome. Um, yeah, great place to start with McLeod because mm-hmm. – and and you know, look, not to take, not to undercut McLeod's success because he's earned it and he's improved every week this year and, and throughout the season and and he really owned. 
I think as much as anybody on the team, he owned his own performance in the app game um, coming into this week. And that's really impressive too. But the the coaching combination, the Signetti, Shanahan, Sanceri grouping, I, I saw what Jamie Sports News put up today with the Cole Johnson, Todd Santeo, Jordan McLeod, last, you know, the Signetti era. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like we have another 40 touchdown, nine interception season. Just, okay. <laughs> like, uh, it's been super impressive. Yeah, um, it's been great. It, it's yeah, just... that's a great place to start. So, yeah, because my other first down was going to be, I mean, Surratt and Brown. How do you, I mean, you have to start there, right? Those guys, I'm two receivers over a thousand yards. First time in the history of the Sunbelt Conference. I, I don't know. I think the Sunbelt counts stats, even if NCAA doesn't. First time the Sunbelt's ever had 2,000 yard receivers from the same team. Um, but, but the second the time area, the second time years. it's happened. Yeah. As, yeah, Coach Signetti reminded us, Thornton, um, and Juice Wells and Juice Wells. Yeah. Had it you know, yep. 1280 or something like that. Yeah. So I think just, this is what, like the fourth or fifth time in the past three years. Yeah. Cause Thornton did it twice and then Wells did it. And yep. then you've got these two guys. So yeah, I mean, it's, some of that is the way the game has changed. Sure. Cause for but like, it's also old heads, will tell you David McLeod was as good oh, yeah, as no. anybody's ever put on the uniform. There's been Macy great Brooks. receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Great receivers, but that that wasn't an A word. If you pass the ball twenty one times, that was a pretty prolific attack one day. Um, but it's it's crazy, man. Like, I, would oh, you have Sproles seen this? Had ten catches this week, and like, how good has he been? He's been great. And as James and I say every time we're watching the game, my kid is like, Sproles runs the same route, and they can't stop it. <laughs> yeah, they just yeah. throw it to him in the flat, and he's like, I'm going to take six yards here, and he does it like no messing around. Surratt pretty much runs a slant 13 times a game. Right. They forget to guard him or can't guard him on 12 of them. Right. You know, or he like, runs that Riley Stapleton. I'm going to go down the sideline and just catch it over. You just route. catch it over you. Yeah. Um, Brown. Yep. It's, it's great. And then they had other guys catch it. They were mixing oh, up. Horton? It wasn't just. Well, Yamir Knight had a bunch of catches. Had a bunch of catches today. Or it was also, play. that was really encouraging. Cause you know, we've been talking about like, uh, you know, I think we think his brother's transferring or has entered the portal and we were a little worried and like, he sure looks like he's capable of playing the Sproles role next year, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, he looked great this week. He's looked great the last three or four weeks. So, that was awesome. Um, I mean, and and we should. I mean, Tyson Lawton, he's been so, so good for this team this year. Just what a, you know, we, we both, I think both of us, you know, we've made our feelings on Latrell known uh, over the last couple months. And our kind of disappointment in in him not, you know, playing a bigger role down the stretch here. But Lawton's been unbelievable this year. And it was it was also just fun this week, Rob. Wasn't it kind of fun? For as much as we're talking about McLeod and the receivers, this might have been the best. Didn't you feel like this was the first time, Jamie, you truly committed to the running game this year? Yeah. And, and I was going to, I don't mean to rain on your parade, but like, yeah. I love Lawton. I would not say he's been great. I would say he's maximized his opportunities. Um, but the whole running game has not been great this year. He has shown flashes and he has made some, some he runs, runs super hard. Yards, I mean, yeah. I think about the Virginia hard. game, he was such a huge part of that game. Yeah. But overall, I don't think we're telling. No, tales. I don't think the running say, game has lived up to what we hoped in a uh, preseason. Not even close. No. But like right. Saturday was the first time where I felt like, okay, this is a, this is a threatening game. And you look at between Tyson, Kalon and Sammy, they all average over five yards carry. 
Oh yeah, um, they were just run and, dummy. And even and, when they were hitting them, like yeah, were, yeah. So, and it wasn't just due to like you know a Saquon Barkley type, you know, eleven runs for one yard and then one for seventy eight. No, they no, were they just were consistently kind of moving the chains. I, that was the first time I thought like JMU had established the run effectively in weeks. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I expected, honestly, heading into the season. Yeah, you know, one guy with like around seventy five yards, and then a couple other guys chipping in with, you know, twenty five to forty. It's exactly what we got. So yeah, that that was perhaps the most exciting thing in a day that was very well. No, it wasn't the most exciting. Who are we kidding? Yeah, yeah. Surratt, well, but, I, but it was exciting heading into the first ever bowl game to think like, okay, maybe we have a chance at like, it was encouraging. It was encouraging to think like we might be balanced. And, and I do think a little bit of that, we probably have to give the offensive line a little bit more credit for like all the turnover they've had in the second half of the season. And like I saw Josh Toner made one of the, like, you know, one of the random websites, like kind of all team of the week Mm -hmm. type things this week. Like, Maybe we've a little bit underestimated, you know, those guys have done such a good job in pass protection for McLeod that maybe we've underestimated like how difficult it was to get their act together in the running game a little bit as they've had so much changing of position. Not just that they'd lose two players, but like they guys moving, yeah, playing different positions, moving, moving sides of the center and everything. Yeah. And I'll be kind of excited to see what they might do um, in the postseason, which is something I can't believe we're talking about, <laughs> which is really fun. Um, yeah, a couple other things from the game, Rob. I, I thought it was awesome to see Seth Natala had a huge hit on special teams this week. Huge tackle, like a guy who's really stuck with the program and and just been a, you know, just I felt like I don't know. I felt like last year he was up and coming and he hasn't made as many, he hasn't been in on as much this year. But he's been there all the time on kick returns and stuff. It's good to see him get a play. And then, of course, the biggest thing as as JMU actually made a bowl game, I think there were scares on defense for three of our best players, right? I think Fisher, Kamara, and Carpenter at various times in the game all... Were slow to get up at least. Yeah. Slow to get up and all returned to the game and seemed to be generally healthy. Those are all three guys that, um, you know, potentially could be back next year as well. So it was, it, yeah, I was just really, it's like a big sigh of relief when all those guys were back out there at one point or another. Um. I don't know. It was just really fun. I did think it was funny that I don't need to get to, we'll, we'll save sort of off field stuff for later, but you know, Signetti had made the comment last year that he was just disappointed. Jamie didn't win by 60 when they won 44 to seven the last week. Yeah. And some coastal fans this week tried to remind the world of that. And, and then this week it felt like, well, just maybe keep it to yourself a little bit. Yeah. Like, it was a really fun trip to Merle. Um, even for the JMU, I have a feeling that even the JMU fans who didn't make it all four quarters uh, where, before their ticket was rescinded uh, still enjoyed their trip this weekend. So, yeah. I don't know. You got anything else from this one, Rob, before we kind of move on to bigger picture things? No. I mean, it's it, it was a nice end cap to the regular season. It was a very good bounce back win after the disappointment from the week before. Hell so, yeah, it was. Um, it was nice because I, I, I'll give credit to App State, but I also, yeah, well, kind of write. I'm not going to write that one off. A loss is a loss, but that to me seemed like Jamie got overwhelmed by all of the off the field stuff. 
So it was nice that the coaches and players really seemed to rally around each other and go on the road and close one out and remind people like, hey, we're a better football team than we showed through three and a half quarters of, of the game against App State. So it was it was fun. It was a good statement ending. To me, 11-1 and one is only one victory more than 10-2, and two, obviously, but it's a world of difference. Uh, Feels like a big difference. Truly yeah. dominant. 10-2 and two is great. Anytime you get to double-digit wins sure. in football, it's a big season, but – 11 and one forget yeah. about in your second year in FBS, any year in FBS. That's a, just a, any year, any conference, any team. Yes. That's a big, big deal. Yeah. yeah. So it, yeah, I don't I'm know. with was, you on that. It was, and it would have been a fitting end, even if that had been the last game, you know, it would have been a great way to go out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and thankfully it's not. And, and there's some really, really fun possibilities ahead. So, as always, we're a little late getting to the podcast business tonight, but um, as always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Go by the shop there in town, mention the podcast, and get a free Mossy Creek fishing sticker. Uh, there's all kinds of sales between now and Christmas. They're kind of winding down the Black Friday stuff by the time most people hear this, but there will be all kinds of deals uh, for the holiday season coming up. So go by the shop anytime or shop online. Uh, at so they got good deal on sun, good deals on sunglasses now. If anybody, oh yes, um, they do. anglers or not, yes, fishing sunglasses tend to be top notch. Um, yes, so definitely had some good deals on those when I checked this morning. And some massive credit for anybody who didn't know, and those of you who follow us on Twitter, um, that that little photo that I put out, Rob, of the Duke dog with the purple cape and the purple bowling ball and the crown, mm-hmm. you know, kind of kings of the east and bowling. Um, that came, that was created by our friends at Mossy this weekend. So no, I did not I, I'm not, that. I'm not that tech, tech savvy to create that one, but uh, really enjoyed that one. So <laughs> big thanks to them for that. Um, before we come back to, I think we should go to, let, Rob, let's just go real quickly with, through some other cool stuff at JMU before we come back to the bowl and the bigger picture stuff I want to get back to. Just congratulations to men's soccer on a hell of a season. Um, I think we stayed up with a lot of Dukes late on Saturday, obviously a tough defeat out in LA to Loyola Marymount, a game that JMU really ha- probably had the better of for the first 60, 70 minutes until LMU scored. And then they just couldn't find their way back in. Like LMU actually played better. I felt like they played better after their goal, uh, but a hell of a run from JMU men's soccer and Actually, like our friends from Marshall tweeted out today, what an unbelievable time for the Sun Belt. They put multiple teams in the men's soccer tournament. West Virginia is still playing. Um, that's a Sun Belt team. They put multiple teams in the Sweet 16. Multiple teams, three teams in the Sweet 16. Yeah. JMU and Marshall both went out. Uh, West Virginia going on to the Elite Eight. Yeah. Um, Kentucky and UCF, the others. Women's soccer had put multiple teams in the Sweet 16 unbelievably, and this is where we'll go next, JMU Volleyball, huge congrats. It was not unexpected that JMU would get in the tournament as an at-large team. It was very unexpected for those of us watching this election show when South Alabama got an at-large before JMU was announced. Then it became really weird watching that show. And not only did JMU get it, but Coastal, who won, obviously Coastal won the automatic bid by winning the tournament, but then Texas State got in as well. So just... Four bids from last year when JMU got in the conference was the first time the conference ever got a, 
an at-large bid. This year, they got three at-large. They got four teams in the tournament. So, JMU Volleyball, a team we have ignored. And not only did JMU get in, Rob, they got seeded. Seven seed. They yeah. got a seven seed. So, they really got and, – and that's pretty cool because in basketball, we often see, like, quote, mid-major teams who have – should be seeded kind of, you know, in that range, get screwed, get – you know, sent down to an 11 or 12 when they should be a seven or an eight was really cool to see. So JMU is the seeded team in the, in the upper left part of the bracket, I think is the way they refer to it in volleyball, which is great. Um, so they're going to Kentucky. So they're going to Lexington. Kentucky is the two seed in their region. And then JMU is the seven in that little, so the little pod. Um, Kentucky hosts Swafford and JMU quote hosts, but they're obviously at the neutral site. JMU is the favored team, I guess, against Baylor on Thursday at 4.30 this week. That game will be on ESPN Plus. It'll be really cool. If JMU can beat the Bears on Thursday, they will play Friday at 7.30 Eastern, likely against Kentucky uh, in Lexington. That's really cool. And then it was cool, like, you know, Coastal got in. Um, I thought it was funny. Coastal is actually playing... They're playing the sixth seed in their region, which is Western Kentucky, who JMU beat this year. I mean, one of the big reasons JMU was so widely respected is because they beat Western Kentucky this year. So Coastal plays Western Kentucky. Texas State is in the complete Texas pod. They go, they play SMU. Uh, I don't, yeah, SMU is the seven. So Texas State plays SMU with the text in the, that's in the Austin pod. And then who am I missing? South Al is in there somewhere. Uh, oh, they play Georgia Tech. Um, also, all those games are on Thursday, and then the winners all play on Friday. So just really cool time for the Sun Belt. So huge congrats to Jamie Volleyball. So men's soccer, and then we <coughs> we had said women's soccer had already had multi-bids. And then, of course, Jamie men's basketball remains at number 22 in the AP Bowl, Rob. After another win last week, they host Delaware this Wednesday. I mean, excuse me, uh, Buffalo this Wednesday. Uh, you know, if they win and a tournament championship of sorts, you know, that's, yeah. I know it's just like, like the Cancun challenge, but it is one of these preseason tournaments. Oh, is that what it there. is? Like, yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. win like whatever. And, um, they'd played very well. I was a little bit worried going in. Was it Fresno state? The, oh yeah. The tournament. The yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was Fresno. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they beat the hell out of them. They beat the hell out of them. I mean, yeah. it was just, they, they just absolutely took them beyond the woodshed. So that was good to see. Yep. No, it's it nice awesome. that like, all of these games in years past, JMU seems would be not even trap games. They'd be games that just let down games. That is, JMU fans, we we knew like as soon as you start to get high and get excited about this team, you're like, oh, well, they're going to drop one to some team they shouldn't. Yep. And they're not doing that this year, you know. And not only that, like they're winning convincingly in some of these games. So I am very optimistic about this team and what it can do going forward. Yeah, and the real fun thing is with them staying at 22 in the poll this week, if they can win at home tomorrow, Wednesday, against Buffalo, um, they play one of their, like, I don't know, D3 or NAIA, Keystone College, whatever that is, the following week, and that's their only game. So, like, they have another two weeks of first, like of almost certainly staying in the poll if they can win them this Wednesday Yeah, before they get a few. I was corrected. I had said that they... We're hosting ODU. They go to ODU, and I had forgotten that they also play ODU three times this year because they had an out-of-conference game scheduled 
prior to joining the Sun Belt that the teams have decided to keep, which is fine. Like for, from a strength of schedule standpoint, I think it's probably good for both teams, actually. Um, <clears throat> but in general, uh, just amazing times. I mean, we just went out to dinner with our neighbors tonight and the table next to us asked me about the basketball team. Like they didn't know about the football team, but they know about the basketball team because we live in George Mason town. Right. So like, yep. Yeah. No, it's well, awesome. Um, ran into a buddy at the uh, grocery store tonight and he had wanted to go to the app state game, has no affiliation to JMU, but was hitting me up for weeks being like, Hey, you got to get me tickets. We got to go. And then obviously when game day came, I was like, look, it ain't happening and we can do it, but it's me hundreds of dollars. So like, Nope, don't worry about it. He hit me up today, ran to him, and he's like, oh. dude, how was the game? Was it fun? It looked like so yeah. cool. I watched game day and everything. So yeah. it's great. And he's like, and your basketball team is ranked? I know. He's like, what a time to be alive. Like, it's just, he's, it's just, it's cool now where like yeah. random people are hitting you up and being, you're, you're part of the conversation as a oh, JMU I, alum here. It's awesome. It's amazing. Yep. It's, it's really, really, it's, it's, it's so far that part is, I did not, for all the things we talked about when we were, changing conferences and excited about the future. I did not, I actually underestimated that part of it, Rob, the kind of random, like we went out with our neighbors tonight who are big Wisconsin fans and they wanted to talk about game day. Yeah. That same thing, you know, and I kind of, not only did I underestimate, I kind of ignored it because I was like, that's not really the draw. When everybody's talking about, you know, being in the water cooler conversation, when I was like, yeah, it's still, we're playing teams that, still are not really at the national level and people aren't going to confuse a big game against app state with Michigan, Ohio state. Well, under the right conditions. Yeah, they are, or they're not going to confuse them, but they're going to respect them in their own way. And it's not like nobody's saying that JMU versus ODU is the new, whatever Cal Stanford or, or right. Auburn, Alabama. Auburn, Alabama. Yeah. But it's a game worth paying attention to. It's a For great sure. product. It's competitive. And heck, I mean, what is it? Eight tenths of the league is going bowling, you know. Yeah, it's twelve of fourteen. They're they're sending the most. I mean, first of all, on volleyball, we just talked about four teams from the Sun Belt are going. Five teams from the Big Ten are going. Like the Sun Belt is like one of the like that's the Big Ten with Nebraska and Wisconsin. Like they're like and, the queens of volleyball, right? And it's particularly they're, funny because so many of the haters from the old conference are like, "You're selling out your entire athletic program in the name of football." And we're saying, no, we think we're moving to some like-minded schools that all are committed to raising the bar across all of athletics. And two years in, it appears to be that way. Like basketball is noticeably better, men's and women's. Like teams are elevating their games. They're they're committing resources. Football goes without saying. Top to bottom, the league's trying to win. 12 teams, the most teams of any conference in the country. Yeah. Because baseball is, you know. Baseball's like way better than we, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, everything is just, it's. Oh, it's embarrassment of riches right now. It is. Um, Yeah. On the football front, JMU, I did think that was, that was the coolest stat today. Um, JMU leads the nation of all of, they played the most teams who are going bowling of any team in the country. And they're 11 and one. Yeah. I don't, but they ain't played nobody, Paul. They ain't played right. Everybody can yell, yell all you want people. Like, like that, that kind of speaks for itself. So, and the funniest thing about that is all the haters that are like, "You only played one P five, and it was UVA." Well, there's context. Correct. Yeah, it's UVA. UVA has not been good this year. That was a game we were waiting for forty years. 
Yep. 40 years to schedule. You can't. And they were playing on when something that was way been. bigger than that game. Yes. Yep. Even yep. the most diehard UVA, just missed UVA, look down their nose at JMU, will admit that was a big, big game for their program as well. Mm-hmm. That is one that really, it's, it's, it's different than beating a typical, what were they, like a two-win team? Three-win. Uh, yep. Three-win. But yep. I'm not here and scream and yell and say, oh, they were better in the record. They weren't. They're, they're a terrible football team. <laughs> but that was a big, big game and a huge accomplishment. And people act like JMU was consciously like, trying to pad their record by scheduling that game whenever it did two or three years ago. Right. No, that was one like, it, whenever you guys are ready to play us, we're going to take it, put it on the schedule. Hope that you're good. If not, we'll beat you anyway. Like it, that wasn't about the record or about adding to our strength of schedule. That was yep. about like, hey, you've been dodging us for four decades. Yep. Let's play some football. Yeah. Nope. It was awesome. And then the last thing on the kind of roundup was just women's basketball five and two. We talked about the bounce back last week, continued this week. Um, if you want to yell about a waiver for JMU, the one that's really annoying, I couldn't tell if Coach o, Coach o wanted us to yell or not because he said like the only last thing in the process, he announced that Heaven Bristow, the transfer from Ohio State, uh, her waiver was denied as a two-time transfer. Um, this is bullshit. <laughs> it's the same thing that, you know, whether it's Tez Walker at UNC or a number of other players have been granted at bigger name, bigger sport programs. Um, didn't get granted today. Uh, it seemed like Coach O was, you know, he was really down about it for this year's team, but it also seemed like he was, you know, optimistic that she would return next year and be eligible to play next year after having to sit out this year. Um, but it's just really frustrating. And then, you know, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't tell. He said the last step in the process is just for people on Twitter to yell at the NCAA. Maybe that'll change things. And I couldn't tell if he was actually like kind of wanting us to do that or not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to think our fan base is a little bit, we're, we're Twittered out of yelling at things. But I'm not like, sure that's possible. I'm not Tom. sure that's possible. Yeah. So in any case, incredibly, um, and hysterically, uh, Jamie women's basketball actually plays at Liberty on Friday, which is the same day as the Liberty hosting the CUSA championship game. Um, thankfully, the women's game is at noon on Friday. Hopefully, they just handle business and come home for a massive game on Sunday against Wake Forest at home. So this is Jamie's big kind of P5 home game this year is Wake on Sunday at 4. And everybody should go and watch the Dukes because uh, that team's really fun with or without Bristow, who will be back next year. <sighs> All right, Rob, you want to talk about bowls? You want to talk about last week? You want to talk about, um, well, let's do it this way. My fi- what my absolute favorite thing from last week, Rob, was, did you read, I'm assuming you got to read our guest post. I did. I did. I enjoyed that it very much. incredible. For anybody, like we've barely kept the website, the blog, the original JMU sports blog alive this year. Um, most of you probably know I've been putting in like a, a minimal amount of effort doing a game preview so that I can do a beer of the week every week. And I've been putting in none. Right, right. Well, Rob, yeah. you were doing the wrap-ups last year, and that's way harder than the previews because the previews kind of write themselves most of the time. We had this amazing young woman, a junior at JMU, Annalie Hunterford, reach out to us last week. And I mean, I wrote a little bit of this in the post, Rob, but this was post the loss to App State. 
right? So as down as we have been as fans in quite some time. And not only that, but I, I had a really hard time last week, Rob. Like I was really upset. And like in our household, we were, I mean, we lost, it's, it's terrible to say, but like we lost sleep. We were like really torn up about what was going on with the waiver and then the loss, you know, and, and, you know, some of it was anger at the NCAA. Some of it was anger at the Sunbelt. Some of it was anger at JMU. Some of it was anger at just the sky, and like the world. Um, some of it was misguided or a great deal of it was misguided anger. Um, but we really cared about it. And it was just, it felt like a, I don't know, there was like 72 hours there. It was really tough. And uh, one of the absolute, like, for me, at least, the real thing that turned around last week was getting that message from Anna Lee, who was like, hey, I wrote this thing about game day. Would you guys be interested in publishing it? And I was kind of like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> like, is it good? And then she sent it. And it was so incredible, Rob. It was like such a reminder of the the passion that we started this project with all those years ago, like the way we used to write <laughs> <laughs> and you know just like we didn't care like what anybody else thought we didn't care if we were pissing people off we didn't care if we were using curse words we didn't care like if we were embarrassing ourselves we just used to let it fly you know and that was that and i was like they're gonna be fine like the program the school the kids there now like whatever adults are yelling about donations and administration and everything else like these guys are fine <laughs> like if she if this girl's tucking you know vodka bottles into her cowboy boots to go to the game like we're fine <laughs> like, like well todd i think we gotta let, let's not no. assume that anybody has ever read this no no go read it her. this is the one thing you should read, go read. yeah it's incredible it's so fun like, it's really good it's yeah. just she reached out to us um it sounded like in a you know, post wisdom tooth fog of like, <laughs> right. hey, my one of my professors was talking about some place, Hylon Pavilion. I Googled it to find out, and the only thing that came up was your blog. You got yes, which write was about- such a reminder of what we used to write about, right? <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. And so she's like, I think you guys really are missing um, the perspective of students. And like, if that's all you think we're missing, God bless you. We're, we're missing a lot more than that. But then she's like, can I just submit something? I really, I would like to write up my kind of stream of consciousness thoughts on the entire experience of witnessing. And I guess she comes from like a passionate a college State football family. family. Yeah. Yeah. SEC family. And she's diehard and everything. And it was really cool. It's just like kind of her, almost like a diary, so to speak, of yeah. the day. We're driving around to pick up her friends for what, I mean, old guy alert here, what she called a Marty, like a morning party. Yeah. Like, <laughs> picking people up at like three o'clock in the morning and minivan on the to campus and then getting there and breaking out the, the shots and going like, it just seemed fun. And it wasn't in like a dumb, no, you know, barstool esque like let's slam beers. And d-. it was just like, let's have a good time. We're in college. Let's live it up. And we're going to stay right. up all night and party and enjoy this and, and be there and be loud and be proud and then enjoy the game. It, it was super, super fun. Yep. And you know, it just, it like you, it, it was kind of, heartening to read about it, like reminding that everybody's got all this angst and every day I wake up and I swear, it's like I turn on my phone. I'm like, what is JMU outraged about today? 
And it was really nice to be like, hey, when everybody's screaming and yelling on Twitter, the average fan and the average student are really enjoying the hell out of this year. Yes. <laughs> you know, and so it was, it was cool. I, I hope to see more of it and hats off to her. And I hope to one day meet her and, you know, yeah. toast at a bowl game and meet her family and so on and so forth. But it was Well, super, then she got the fun. stamp of approval from Dr. Tim Miller. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, we got to have this kid on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it also brought me around, Rob. By the end, like I was so fired up when she was like, I'm in this forever. Like, this is my team. Yeah. You know, and you're kind of like, that's the thing that we never had. None of us, anybody who's been out of school more than like 20 years has ever, they never, we, none of us ever had that. Right. Where you just are that kind of die hard, you know? No, there are exceptions. And I would there say. There are like, exceptions. Of course casting, there are. We casting love those wide... people. Barry and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's some folks out there who have, who bought in early and we applaud you, you know? <laughs> But I know, Todd, like in our friend group, people still kind of come to us, you know. They do. Decades out because like you two are the most passionate JMU fans. Now it's not just about the podcast. It's because, you know, let's say four or five years out of school, we're the ones who checked scores. It wasn't even like we were going to games or anything. No, no, right. Hey, those guys might know the record or they might know if we're going. Most of our fans don't. Most of our friends who are now, you know, becoming, if not already kind of passionate JMU fans yeah. really didn't come to it until 10, 15 years post-grad. Is that fair? Yeah. If yeah, not, I think if that's not longer, probably fair. Yeah. You know, like the guys who, guys and gals who were diehard sports fans were generally aware of it, but it was like maybe in 2004, we dragged them to a couple watch parties. Yeah. I think the Withers Houston era really amped things up, right? Like the the first game day and then into the first, you know, the Frisco win. Yeah. But now a lot of those people who are kind of like texting us to be like, Hey man, I saw that and kind of checking in and I don't want to say living vicariously through us, but they were not all in on Jamie's sports. Oh, they watch enough attention. Now they're like all in, you know, the the texts are going Saturday morning before games and yeah, they're on JMU nation Facebook. They're on like, yeah, all these things you know like yes they're sending pictures of their families watching the games over the right. weekend and things like that so it is really neat but it's cool that we, we appear to be turning the page where we go from that like people who just kind of start to follow jamie sports as an alum in some sense of nostalgia or not even nostalgia for like sports because they didn't watch them most likely when they were at jamie no, 25th the first game day was like nostalgia just for jmu yeah, exactly. Right? Like, yeah, it's just like people kind of looking back using JMU sports as a proxy for their fond memories of JMU, and we've talked a lot on the podcast about we think over the next three, five, ten years, you're going to get a lot of kids applying and going to JMU who grew up following the team. Yes, um, and Massive. now you've got maybe not quite to that level, but you've got people like this. You know, this current young woman who did it, who who went to school, a football fan, maybe not a JMU fan. And it sounds like, if I'm reading into it, it was a little bit of like her family saying like, oh, that's a big time football. You're, we're still an SEC family. And now she's like, nope, I got my team. That's great. You guys root yours. I'm root for mine. Um, it's just neat. It's just, it's I, a very different dynamic. Yeah. When she wrapped it up and said, they're pulling the wisdom out of my teeth. Mm-hmm. I was or whatever i was like this is great and that whole like it's the first time rob that i was like okay i'm on board with world dukes yeah like 
if this is what people who are 20 right now and eating pancakes and vodka before game day at 4.30 in the morning want to say, sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just they're, they're better judges of this, of what the next 40 years are going to be than I am in some ways. And yeah, that part's awesome. And, uh, and, and you know, this is part of launching. So big thanks to Anna Lee. And we just encourage everybody, jamiesportsblog.com. We don't have any ads on there. It looks terrible. Just go read the thing. Go read last week's preview against Coastal and read the bottom part about game day because it will make your heart swell. <laughs> like, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, last week was really difficult um, at times, Rob, I think in the uh, JMU social media sphere, right? Um, out on the interwebs w- was rough. Uh, both internally and externally for all the reasons I said, like it just, it means a lot, but at the same time, you know, they always say like, act like you've been there before, but sometimes you haven't been there before. Yeah. You know, and we've been saying this all year, the last two years, we're going through growing pains and, you know, sometimes we're going to show our ass when we do that. Right. Like anybody, like any 14 year old who's growing through this. Right. I, I just, it's tough. And the one thing I kept being reminded of last week, we went through so much, you know, there was a lot of, uh, let's just say there was a lot of schadenfreude from whether it was app or coastal or Louisiana or, oh God forbid, Georgia Southern, who I feel like is maybe more obnoxious than any team in the conference um, from a fan perspective. Um, you know, a lot of people who were happy to see us lose to app and kind of get a little bit of comeuppance they felt like we'd gotten ahead of ourselves, but I, I don't really care, I guess, Rob. I mean, okay, sure. But I also felt like part of it is they don't understand JMU and they don't, some of them are still many of them, certainly the Georgia schools, the Louisiana schools, the Alabama schools in the conference, they don't have this Annalee. Like they don't have kids who are going to this school because this is the, like they want to go there. They still are going, but they're leaving on the weekend to go to Athens or Or they're leaving the stadium to go to a bar to watch. Right. Or Oxford or Tuscaloosa. Like they got to do what daddy tells them to, you know? And like, I just, I, I don't, even Coastal this weekend, I mean, their damn mascot is the same as the state flagship's mascot. Like, <laughs> they yeah. just put teal on it to make it look different. But you didn't see any, there weren't any people there at, like, at Thanksgiving week. When Jamie was out of school the last week, you know, playing an app and we were having that jump, you know, the fans going crazy. And look, obviously some of that is once in a lifetime too with game day and everything. But I, I don't know. I just, for me, it was like, some people don't understand and the rest of the conference doesn't understand. I think there's a lot of us who taking the most positive view of some of the difficulty of last week. I know in our household, I felt like there's a lot of us who just care a lot. We, we, this is our only, this is the team, the number one team we care about, Rob. Like you and I would both, we would trade, you know, 10 commanders and giants wins for one JMU win. Right. Like most of the time, I mean, that's just like, this is our team and we certainly don't have another college team. Most of us don't, you know, like this is the thing. And we don't just care about JMU football. 
Like we were up late night caring about Jamie's soccer in at Loyola Marymount. We're going to be watching volleyball this week. We're going to be thrilled for softball. We're going to be there whether women's basketball wins 20 games or 15 games this year, you know? Like we've been doing this a while and we're going to continue doing it. And that's such a different thing, I think, than a lot of our I just I hope we don't lose that. Like you and I talked before we got on tonight. We we're gonna win eleven games every year. No. <laughs> it's not the way FBS goes, you know. This isn't FCS, but we're gonna do some of these things every year. And I don't have any sense that JMU is gonna like tone down their support of sort of the holistic view they take of athletics and the university just because the athletic director retires or the coach moves on or whatever happens, you know, I, I don't know. Duke's never disappoint. And I, I just, I was, I don't know. I came out of last week. I was really grateful to Signetti and Bourne for putting out the statements they did later in the week. And then I was most grateful of all, I think to the JMU student athletes for just kicking ass. Like, you know, win the game at Coastal Carolina 56-14 and all will be, you know, everything else will be taken care of, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's well said in a lot of ways. Like, I, I honestly, like, I'll plead ignorance here. I don't know enough about the other schools yet. I'm still learning when it comes to Sunbelt. We're like, yeah, I don't mean to, to be too hateful. Marshall's been awesome. Yeah, but. No, Marshall's been great. Um, ODU's been great. I think some of that is our perspective of knowing their history. And right. so as and bad knowing as it us is a little more, they probably know yeah. us a little more than some of the other Sunbelt schools. Yeah. Correct. Um, so like no. I will give them the benefit of the doubt in ways that maybe I don't give to a coastal Carolina or to a Georgia state or so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like our, our fan base certainly is loud and proud and I caution people to not read too much into a couple loud voices on Twitter and prescribe that to the attitudes, beliefs, you know, friendliness of an entire fan base. Uh, we try not to do that. I, I, it becomes more apparent when it's done to us, us being JMU fans. We got some very loud people that like to have a good time on Twitter and they like to poke the bear. And yep. I, I, I don't really go on Facebook much. I'll check it every couple of weeks. I've got an account. They've got that whole Sunbelt board. Like it appears to be, everything everybody hates about Facebook, which is just strangers yelling at each other. Right. Um, but it appears to be primarily like JMU and anti-JMU. Um, well, they hate us because they ain't us, I think, a lot right now. Right. Oh, a lot of that. And yeah. part of that is just, yeah, if you're winning, everybody hates you and you're winning and you're the new kid on the block, great. Like, we're going to take our lumps. There's going to be other years where we're the ones kind of, I don't know, mm-hmm. like, not punching up, but just having, having rough years. I just, I don't know. I, I was not very upset by the waiver ultimately falling. I, I had made my peace with it. I think prior to this year, even I knew Jamie was going to fight the good fight. And I know people debate, I don't even want to go there about pulling the lawsuit and who did what and blah, 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 blah. But like, I was resigned to the fact that like, I just want to pay attention to the games if things work out in their favor and there's this massive swell of public opinion and 12 and 0 and they ride in the New York six. Great. But the likelihood of that happening wasn't, wasn't high. Right. Um, so I was less disappointed by the actual air coming out of the air coming out of that balloon than I was by like 
the screaming and yelling and the angst. It's just, I'm just over that aspect of sports fandom in general. This is not particularly JMU. Like Todd, yeah. you know, like you mentioned the Giants. I am a diehard Giants fan to the point where right. like it was causing problems in my life. You know, like this was the, the Giants were equivalent of like silver linings playbook. Like when the Giants lost, I couldn't sleep at night. Like, and right. when the Giants that first year under Eli, when they made the Super Bowl, I was so nervous that I couldn't watch any of the Super Bowl week hype. Right. And I didn't watch it. And I was like, wow, I don't miss that at all. And I honestly have not watched an NFL preview show or you know, weekly talking heads thing since it's been 15 yep. years. I do not right. miss that crap at all. It is terrible. I enjoy it. And I'm so much better off for it. I, I still am a bit of a nervous fan, as you know, but like I don't like the rhetoric. I don't like the histrionics around sports. I like just not necessarily people that are towing water or like carrying the water for their team and saying everything's great and rah, rah, rah. But like, I just prefer to focus on the enjoyment of it rather than, scream and yell about storylines and bench this guy and that guy and outrage. Like I just don't do the outrage. I know that puts me on the outs with a lot of Jamie fans because they prescribe, they, they look to me and they say, Oh, he doesn't care or lack of passion or thinks he's too cool. No, simply does not make me happy. It's not what I like about sports. I respect that others are different. And for them, it's really fun to muck it up and talk trash. And it's yeah. not anything that really gets them worked up. To them, it's right. just fun. It's just, but for me, it's just like, oh, it just, it just exhausts me. It's not my thing. Yeah, I think you and I'm I don't not need saying the confrontation I'm better than it. in it's our just, life. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't fit me. Like I've never enjoyed talking. You and I have been friends for what? How many decades? Yeah. I don't think you or I ever like. I've never sent a text after the Giants beat the Commanders to be like, ha ha, because I know I would feel miserable if I was on the other end of that. Like, right, right. You know, like we've got all these people that there's a portion of the Jamie fan base that thinks Virginia Tech is a rival. On the, I got a lot of friends who went to Virginia Tech. Right. I don't root Virginia Tech. I'm not happy when Virginia Tech loses because I know my brother-in-law is bummed out. I love my brother-in-law. I don't like right. the idea of him being upset when his team loses. Like I don't right, right. I don't enjoy that. I've got plenty of friends I went to high school with who are really good people, raising good families, and they're, you know, it's like, yep. I don't, I'm like, oh, yes, they lost to Miami or whoever they lost to. Ha, ha, ha. That doesn't make me happy. To me, it is kind of personal. So like, again, like I know other people are different and the types of people that go back and forth on Twitter, I think generally tend to enjoy that and they have much thicker skin about it than I do. Mm -hmm. Or they're like, or they hear this and they're like, what are you, a crazy person? We're just talking trash. It's all fun. It ain't fun for me. No. So like that part of it, like we've long curated a online experience that was just generally kind of not overwhelmingly positive in saying everything's fine. Everything's fine. But just was a little more fun and like right. focus on the games. It has not been that way the past couple of weeks. It has just been overwhelmingly like, uh, NCA stinks, Alger stinks. I'm like, so that was what upset me last week. I was like, I just, I don't want to deal with this. Things are going so much better than I ever could have expected. And now it's like, we can't avoid it. Like I, That's it's just well it, said. And this is bummed the me out. There's two things involved there too. I mean, there's a couple other factors. One is like Twitter itself is the algorithm not exactly the same, right? Not yeah. exactly the same place it was a couple of years ago. Um, and then two is this is FBS, right? I mean, one of the you know we we one of the things we love about the Sun Belt is that there are other podcasts like us 
you know, there are other engaged fan bases. There are other full stadiums, which is awesome. And one of the downsides of that is that there, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people yelling at you in a way that nobody from Albany <laughs> ever said yeah, a damn word, right? Like, because they don't exist, you know? So it's just, we got to take the good with the bad. And Well, I don't mind people yelling at us and coming back and saying, what what gets on me is when we get dragged into these things that have nothing to do with us. Right. But people are just like, I'm like, oh, just chill out. Like we had a great game. Like I said, at the, losing the App State was terrible. Yeah. But you're never convinced me that last Saturday or Tuesday was a waste of our time or anything other than a positive experience in Correct. the sense that like we got to spend it, you know, with our, you and I, with family members, with each other, with friends. Like it was a great experience. Sometimes you lose that stinks, but like that's still a heck of a way to spend a Saturday. Yeah. Oh yeah. For you know? sure. So like, I, I don't need to act like it's more than that. I would, I will, that loss will eat at me for years. Oh, me and, too. I I was thinking about it today just because in the, in light of the, in the aftermath of the coastal win, I was like, man, you know, we're like a foot away, you know, from inches away, inches away from inches away or a quicker <sighs> whistle away from Jamie right. winning and being 12 and 0 right now. Right. But that's what it is. And, and next year means more, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's, it's all well said, Rob. Um, and I do think we should talk about the postseason a little bit because a lot of the questions we got tonight um, were about the postseason as well. I don't know what you think, Rob, but I think a bowl is good no matter what. Right. I mean, like it's all gravy at this point. It's all gravy at this point. It's incredible. I'm so glad James, the James Madison University Dukes are going to the first bowl in program history that like tell that to 1996 Todd and Rob, right, Rob? Oh, like we're going to a bowl game, like a real bowl game, (laughs) like, you know, regardless of whatever it is or wherever it is or who we play, it's going to be on TV and we're going to a bowl game. Like that's not something that would have occurred to most of us of our generation. And it's worth celebrating no matter what. Speaking of um, TV, Todd, just yep. do something if you get a chance. Go to JMU's schedule and just view in the year and look at ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN Plus, NFL Network. It's staggering when it used to be like that was your only way of consuming was box scores or GameCast. And now it was we all signed up for ESPN Plus and it was a giant upgrade and a yep. oh, it's know, allowed a us to watch we will make over soccer sports. and everything else. Yeah. yeah. But it really wasn't necessary this year. <laughs> right, right. It barely was. So. I know. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. Um, and I guess the one thing I would say, I want to get to some priorities for the bowl season here. But the first thing I would say is like, among our own fan base, we just politely encourage us all to, there's no need for like fan shaming on, um, you know, who can go to the bowl, who can't go to the bowl think we were pretty consistent on this about Frisco trips as well, yeah. Rob. Um, you know, people have their own constraints for time and treasure and, and family and everything else. Like I have a feeling Jamie is going to turn out great for whatever bowl we go to. And I'm going to be thrilled to watch, you know, watch it on TV. If that's the way I'm subject, you know, forced to do it kind of thing. Um, but you know, that, that's just one little thing. We just 
politely encourage everyone like, you know, uh, if one of our friends is about to have his second child and, and can't make it to the bowl game, that doesn't make him any less of a fan than, than someone who can travel to wherever the game is, right? On just 100%. before Christmas, you know? And so like, just keep that in mind as, as we all go through, you know, as we all re-engage in the interwebs the next few weeks. Um, the second big thing is, uh, I don't know, Rob, I made a quick list of priorities. One is pay the coaches. So look, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, we will have multiple emergency podcasts. Um, I made a list in the, in the theory that like, if I bring the umbrella, maybe it won't rain. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll be ready to share that with you all when, and if the time arises, we hope it doesn't. Um, and one way to do that is I, I think for sure, Signetti and staff have earned a raise here. And I hope the JMU can find, I mean, I think that to me in this bowl season is priority number one. Like if it's at all possible to keep them, you know, they shouldn't be in the lower third of the Sunbelt in terms of salary. And I know some of that was just like steps up. I mean, it, I, I think JMU was intentional in how it's been structured and I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that they're going to sort this out, but clearly based on the fact that JMU has won the Sunbelt East and lost a combined four games in two years in FBS or in Sunbelt play in two years, you know, to me, that's like the first priority in this next bowl season um, before anything else. Um, the second one is like, we get 15 days of extra practice. So all these kids, Billy Atkins, whoever, like we, we need one of these you know, we need more than just Jordan McLeod to stick around next year, if possible. Um, and a lot of these younger guys that haven't played, you know, on the O line, on the D line, on the all over the place, um, need a lot of those guys to play. And they're going to have a lot of extra practice. I think that's really, really important. That's probably the coolest thing about having a bowl to the coaching staff. Um, it's weird. I don't know maybe third on my priority list is win the damn game. Like I'd really like to finish 12 and one. Um, I don't know if it's above paying the coaches or the 15 days of extra practice, which seem even more valuable, but win. Um, and then four out of my five is would love for this win to be over an AAC team or a P four team. But I guess we will, that remains to be seen. Uh, we'll talk about that in the overtime session. And then five as JMU fans, just enjoy the hell out of this enjoy this we're playing football at the holidays and, it, and there's like all things considered rob there's relatively little pressure compared to the fcs playoff days right like you're kind of playing with house money it's about yeah going. this is kind like, of fun like yeah. if we all line up like say jmu gets to go to a bowl on you know december 23rd that saturday before christmas like settle in drink some eggnog have a bunch of friends over and do a watch party like yeah it's going to be a good time. And like the winner, the winner lose thing is like, eh, it's kind of cool. Like I hope, I, like I said, my priority is that they win, but like, this is pretty cool. Like enjoy the hell out of it. So I don't know. I, I was just thinking about those today as I kind of mapped this out for tonight. Um, I don't know if you had anything else on the bulls. I mean, my last big thing, Rob, before we get to overtime was, Tomorrow is Diggin' Dukes. This is the first annual Athletics Giving Day. This is uh, Giving Tuesday, I guess, after 
Thanksgiving. Um, this is solely for athletics. So there will, there will be the traditional JMU giving day in February or March. Um, the one thing that's really cool tomorrow, Rob, I know this hasn't been like, hasn't been greatly publicized. I don't think JMU has made too big of a deal of it. I, I'm sure they are a little nervous about, you know, trampling on the regular giving day and stuff, but there are various challenges tomorrow. So you can give to sports specific funds. This is all Duke club stuff. This is not Montpelier collective, but it's very important to the individual sports. And one of the things that's amazing is there are a whole bunch of challenges. So if you go to the Duke club website tomorrow, um, or today, by the time most today, by the time most of you listen to this, um, there are tons of matching gifts or like if 500 people donate, someone will give $75,000. Like there are massive things to unlock if we all collectively contribute and we're not expected to contribute. This is not an ask for like thousands of dollars on an individual level. Um, I confirm with the school today that if you're going to give a hundred dollars, it's better to diversify that $100 by giving $10 to each sports-specific sports fund to unlock the various challenges. So, for example, JMU head football coach Kurt Signetti is giving $2,000 if like a certain number, I think it's 50 or 100 people donate to the football fund. Um, Sean O'Regan, women's basketball coach. Shelly Clay, Clay's lacrosse coach. They're all giving out of their own pockets if a certain number of people give to each sport specific fund. Um, so honestly, you're better off just giving $10 to five sports than giving $50 to the general fund tomorrow. It's a cool way to divide it up. It's a cool way to make sure that all the sports get taken care of. Um, you know, and they're not there. I think Jamie is not, they really, really their focus tomorrow is on diversified giving across the sports, not on like the the bottom line dollar number for the overall gift. Um, so it's kind of a cool chance for even people that aren't necessarily Duke club members, you know, to really support something that if you care about it, you know, you could support it at the $20 level and be supporting two sports you care about and kind of sending that message um, in a really cool way. So just, you know, there's all kinds of NIL opportunities. We'll talk about, you know, we'll continue talking about the Montpelier Collective. There's a guys over at Jamie Soundoff are obviously sponsored there and, and they're, you know, really working on that and we appreciate it. Um, and that's super important to all the sports, but this is kind of the heart and soul that the do club stuff It's kind of the heart and soul of like what gives Jamie the chance to provide all the cool stuff that makes us have, we have three at large bids and a football and basketball team in the top 25 right now, Rob. That's, this would have blown us, like when we, even in 2016 or 17, when we started doing the podcast, Rob, any one of these things would have given us weeks of content. <laughs> and now it's just like. And it's little, all hitting at once, yeah. Little mentions every week, right? Yeah. So just awesome stuff. Um, I don't have anything else there. All right, Rob, quick overtime stuff. Um, you asked for things, our favorite bowl sponsor or names, um, current favorite is the Duke's Mayo bowl, because of course it's the Duke's Mayo yeah. bowl. Right. Um, I love from the old days, like there was like the blue bonnet bowl. There were some really cool, like old school 
I remember watching West Virginia in a blue bonnet bowl once upon a time or something like there were some cool old ones. Um, there was also a bad boy mowers one a couple years ago. It was really funny. Um, and I saw the pop tarts bowl this year. Rob is going to have a like edible trophy or something. So I don't know. I, I had not seen that. That's hilarious. Yeah. And that was from Wex Celsius who always does that. Yeah. It's the giant pop tart. That's going to be able to be, bitten into by the winning team. Um, at Mondo Life, Joe McCoy, who has alternated between his, I don't know, he probably doesn't deserve this because he's really a Virginia Tech fan and he's half the time <laughs> negative about JMU. I'm sorry, he is. I, I just looked through his timeline today. I'm like, this guy can't give a hang up his freaking maroon and brown crap. Um, <laughs> but he wants to know, preferred bowl, de- bowl destination. We won't ask answer his Favorite, we'll say, we won't answer his middle question, but favorite game this year, preferred bowl destination. I don't think you and I, I don't know. If I'm being totally honest, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have a preferred destination, I guess, Rob. I, I mean, I would say either something cool for like the biggest of our fans, right? Like, the people that can afford the time and the money it costs to go to Orlando or Tampa or new Orleans would be amazing. If those are options, um, as we've seen on some of the projections today, you know, on a personal level, I think, you know, Charlotte or Annapolis or Myrtle might be more, you know, might be more feasible. Um, so I don't mean to like, you know, in any way, like kind of promote something that I'm, that's not for me personally. I don't know if you have, thoughts on that i don't i don't particularly care i guess i don't care something in the eastern part of the country would be preferable obviously somewhere warmer and eastern right like i don't really beyond that i don't like i don't want to go to boise or detroit or fenway necessarily you know i mean detroit it's my hometown dude (laughs) yes i I could show everybody around show you what it was like back when i was two stomping ground i've not been back since he also asked favorite game this year. Favorite game this year. I mean, I it's, mean, is it UVA? It's got to be the UVA game, right? Got to be UVA, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a tech guy, so he probably expected us to answer it that way. Yeah. But yeah, it's probably UVA um, because that one would have it would have kind of transcended the season, you know. Um, I got. I mean, we we both have other ones we love. Since I think the Georgia Southern game was really fun. <laughs> like beating ODU is always fun. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> yeah. Um <coughs> and honestly, app was really fun until the end, right? I mean I mean, just from an atmosphere standpoint, yeah. Pretty incredible. Uh Cincy Heidhouse, who's been following us all along and and has been really active the last few weeks and really appreciate it. Ideal non New Year's Six Bowls, same thing. Um you know, I, I, I look those ESPN projections that have us in the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa against either a Big Twelve UCF or an AAC. Well, that's USF a Friday night game Memphis. too, which which is kind of exciting. It's a Friday night, yeah. Like that one's awesome. It's in the Bucks Stadium. It's pretty hard not. It's pretty hard to beat that one. Like, I think. I go, mean. You're looking at that or New Orleans is always a great place to go with friends. I mean, New Orleans is the best destination, I think. Yeah. I think the weird thing with the New Orleans that I can't figure out is that bowl tends to be the Sun Belt champ versus the Conference USA champ. Mm-hmm. So I actually can't 
figure out if that means we are like more likely to play Liberty there or less likely because app Troy is going to, I don't know. Um, both are good choices. I guess I would say the one thing I would, um, I would love Rob to play either a power five power four team. So like even UCF who's in the big 12 brand new, um, or I would love to play an American team just to kind of start building the narrative for the 24 season. Um, because I don't know if you, you've probably seen this, Rob. Some of the advanced metrics, the Americans terrible right now. Yeah, it's not. And good. like I know Tulane or SMU, the winner of their championship game this week, um, you know, the NCAA is going to do everything they can to keep Liberty out of the out of the New Year's Six. So probably the winner of Tulane SMU is going to get the New Year's Six bid. Um, Tulane would be deserving. I don't know so much about SMU, but um I I don't know. I I just think it's important. Like the American is actually not good anymore. In fact, they're trash. And we start the season next year with the trash of all trash in the American Charlotte in Charlotte next year. So I would love to start setting the narrative this year that like, you know, it'd be awesome to beat the hell out of Memphis or USF and then start the year next year beating Charlotte. Like that would really help. I mean, that's the, seems to be the last hurdle for the Sun Belt officially taking the mantle as like, the best group of five team and the most deserving of the playoff spot next year is getting over the AAC bias from the writers who don't pay the, any attention don't to what's attention. going on. Right. So ranking JMU quarterback seasons. We're not ready for that one. That's an off season topic. That's, that's summer. Check yeah. That's that. a summer. Good idea. Thing. Good idea. I love yes. it. Love it. Best gifts for the JMU fan. Um, we both have the JMU nutcracker, I think Rob, right? <laughs> I mean, Todd, I think the obvious answer this year is bowl tickets. Any kind of money towards your bowl trip would be yeah. better than any other Christmas gift you could give, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's a towards your hotel room, your ticket, your rental car, whatever you need. Whatever. The, your your DoorDash order for a watch party. To, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever. Um, fast food or restaurant picks when traveling. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, depends on where you're traveling, I guess. Right, Rob? Yeah, I, I think I mean, so. I mean, you've got the whole going going in Wawa direction or Sheets direction for one thing. Right, but you um, also have like, you know, um, what's the, you know, you have like random like wiener schnitzels and Bucky's and. Yeah. You know, like sort of in and out burgers and stuff if you go to certain parts of the country, right? <laughs> yeah, Raising Cane's or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This I, is a big one. I got to enlist my my boys for this one. They're much more up on the fast food game and kind of regional elements of it. Yeah. Um, but that's an interesting one. I don't know. I Being in Northern Virginia, I know if we're in a place that has cookout, that's always a place my boys want to stop. Yes. Um, otherwise, I don't know. I try to go for whatever the, the regional flavor is in terms of, you know, what a burger or in and out and casting aside the fact that, <laughs> They're all kind of pretty much the same. Yes. They're all just kind of like, oh, that's decent, but none of it's life-changing. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I'm big burgers. Obviously, if we're just going to cast a paint with a broad brush, yeah. burgers to me are the road trip one. Much better okay. than freaking tacos or anything or whatever. I don't hate on the tacos. But okay. Yeah, I, I right. love tacos, but yeah. like as somebody the who Taco drives Bell thing, I guess. the I'm Taco not... Bell thing, it tends yeah. to be like 
what do you have taco bell or like del taco there's tens yeah, to yeah. be fewer options right all right um at lock 33 sports uh christmas decorations before december yes or no go dukes i assume this means like i this think week? our i think both of us are like post thanksgiving it's fine so like, that's my take like right. it, it's okay today now. is november 27th it is fine today we're in full mariah season yes but prior listen, to last I've already listened to Christmas music. So. Correct. But we turned it on on the way home from Thanksgiving dinner, I think, right? For the yeah, first time. Yeah, me, it was the That's fire our, pit on Friday. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Um, how long to keep Thanksgiving leftovers? Um, as long as you think they're safe at Hall Jones, right? I, I think they should be gone by now. <laughs> they should be gone by, by now. Okay. Yeah. For me, it's, it's you got you to gotta plan appropriately so you have leftovers. But you really should be gluttonous on Friday with a massive post-Thanksgiving sandwich during the day and then just kind of grazing and finishing off the rest that night or watching football the next day. That's pretty good. I'm going to have one more turkey sandwich tomorrow for sure. Um, But we'll – yeah. I think it depends on how you spend your Thanksgiving weekend. Like we sort of rush – like once we're done with the meal at my mom's, we kind of are like out of – I don't know out of sight, out of mind for the weekend. And then we come home last night and like, now we have the leftovers kind of thing. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, now I think we got a, f- a couple, I'm not sure if Rob, if these are like plays on words with the bowling thing, because at Dave Butts asked us best, best clothes to wear while bowling. I don't know if, whether he means going to a bowl or actually um, throwing rocks. <laughs> so uh, it's like, going to a bowl and it's warm weather, warm weather. I, it, it's, yeah, you want more short sleeves versus parkas. Yeah, this is your September home game. Yeah, attire. If you get to go to hell, if, especially if you get to go to Orlando or Tampa, you know this is visors and sunglasses here, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, at Doctor MG Tom G asked favorite food eaten from a bowl. <laughs> what is? That? I mean, we're sensing know, a, I'm a big here. oatmeal guy, but like <laughs> I don't know what the ramen like. I don't, yeah. Soup. Pho? Yeah. Soup. Soup. Yeah. Um, let's see. Any tra- Andrea Clay, House of Clay. Um, shout out. Good to see her. Um, any traditions from Frisco or the FCS championship games that should be continued at a bowl game? Hmm. Um, I mean, I think just the general like JMU fan meetups, like picking a bar. I was going to say the, the, the night before stuff, the tailgating obviously yeah. is going to go, but like I found the Friday night meetups and overflow because they would typically become too crowded. Uh-huh. That to me was the most fun. Just like wandering around Friday night, bar to bar, meeting random JMU fans, talking about the tailgate plans, all the excitement just has a slightly different vibe than a tailgate. Um, yeah. Both fun in their own ways, but I enjoy the night before more than I thought I would. The tailgate, you tend to get in your routine and your core group of friends, maybe some people stopping by for a beer or a kolache or whatever it was. Well, yeah. That's what she actually got a response from Lacey who said 7 a.m. tailgating in 15 degree weather. I'm yeah, actually hoping well, we don't have to do that. <laughs> like I'm agreed. all for the 7 a.m. tailgating, but the 15 degree weather, the weather whew, that's a very I, Texas thing. I'm, I'm hoping we can stick to Florida and New Orleans here. <laughs> Avoid a little bit of that. Um, yeah. And I think that's, yeah. And they were like, and avoiding the snow and the mobile bar. And yeah, you're the real MVP. That was probably John Connor. Um, 
yeah, I think we're good for tonight. Yeah, there's lots of ice. <laughs> Everybody's remembering all the, those were fun trips. Um, I, I'm glad we don't have to do them again. <laughs> right? You never know. There is a Frisco Bowl. So. Yep. Um, and then there is a Frisco Bowl. Um, that is one I'm confident I will not be attending. Right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Um, congrats to our old frenemies, Delaware, I suppose, are in order, Rob. Um, yeah, moving up, man. That's exciting. Up. I mean, and again, I'm sure people will poo-poo the choice of conference, but they did what they got to do. See, the CA is no longer a viable option for them like it wasn't for us. And I think they're throwing their hat in the ring and being prepared for whatever happens with FPS a few years from now. So, and potentially a, a pretty cool out of conference opponent that for sure. could develop into a rival. So I'm kind of excited about that, honestly. Yeah. I'm not, I'm really not as negative about it as some folks are. I, I'm with you. Um, I, I'm, it makes me, it, it's a, it's another reminder of how fortunate we are the way that the Sunbelt worked out last year or two years ago, you know, um, and how fortunate we are to have the, I mean, already the amount of hatred from, you know, quasi like brand new rivals that we do already is pretty cool. Um, and that's going to be tougher to find for them, but it, it is, I'm with you. I think it's a great out of conference game down the road. You know, I, would you rather play Delaware or Ball State? You know, we're playing Ball State next year. Like that's no shade of Ball State. Like it's just, Delaware has a little history with this program. And if they're, you know, kind of equal games in terms of our chance of winning them, you don't need to, I don't know. It's an easy choice. And yeah, like you said, I, I just think this is, if we get to a place in three, four, three years or 10 years, whatever it is, but it's unfortunately probably sooner than later where the SEC and the big 10 and I don't know, couple teams, you know, maybe half the ACC and the big 12 take their ball and go home. Like Delaware's just trying to end up in the same place we are. And I don't, I don't hate that. <laughs> like that's not bad for JMU. I don't think. Um, so anyways, congrats to them, I guess. And uh, <laughs> have fun with the transition and we should all support the NCAA repealing the stupid rule that caused us all this angst this year even if we're not Delaware fans, you know, cause it's just as stupid for them as it was for us. Um, I don't know. We can be annoying, obnoxious and arrogant. We don't have to be hypocritical. Right. So yeah, I would hope that people who were upset about the rule and calling for be overturned, carry forward mm -hmm. that passion and support whatever yeah. it needs to be done for going forward. It was a dumb rule when JMU was up against it. It's a dumb rule two years from now when Delaware's up against it. Yeah, and it seems like there's at least some rumors that that the CAA has changed their, um, what are they, the Continental or the Coast, whatever they're called now, like that they've changed the rules so at least Delaware basketball may be eligible this season or something. But I don't know; they're going to get screwed next year, and that's a dumb rule too. So, um, but if we get the Blue Chickens in Bridgeforth on a two for one, <laughs> that'll be happy for me. Right, so. Uh, I don't know. Rob, I don't have anything else. It's an amazing time to be a Duke for all of our gnashing of teeth, for all of our screaming and yelling and all of our 
like concern for our own fans. And I just go back to, I, I just keep coming back to what Annalie wrote us last week. Right. And I just think like, we're just on such a good trajectory right now. And, and to some extent, maybe those of us that are super plugged in are actually more like, we're actually less, we're, we're, we're more clueless than like some of like, like my mother-in-law wrote me this morning and was like, I'm sure you already know this, but the Dukes are bowl eligible. And like, yes, we already knew it, but also like she doesn't know anything about college sports and she knows that you know and like i don't know i just i just think it's such a good time for us right now and maybe maybe we all need to like take a step back and be like things are on the right trajectory for jmu and let's just enjoy the hell out of the fact we're going to a bowl we have a top 25 basketball team and the volleyball team plays in the tournament as a seeded team on thursday what else is there that's all so, I don't know. Anything else from you, Rob? No, man. Let's wrap this up. I think nope. uh, <laughs> I think we've done enough. We've done it's, enough. We, it's it, been a long time, but it's a lot going on. And I'm looking forward to finding out where JMU is playing in a bowl game and having that experience as a uh, JMU fan for the first time. Yeah, and hopefully, like, yeah. I mean, only thing on that, I don't care whether it's half or the whole, but, like, take some of the MRDs. Hope all the spirits, you know, cheer and – um, Duke dog and everybody, I, I think they're all going, but you know, hope they all get to go, um, on this trip. I think, I think most of them are, so that would be pretty cool too. And, uh, and support, look, you know, if you care about this, if you're like me and you, and you really care enough that, that you were like really upset last week and you were yelling at people online or in the real world <laughs> about the university, the conference, the NCAA, whatever level of yelling you were doing, um, your politicians, your state AG, whatever you were doing, um, you know, there's ways you can channel that anger into something better. And that is by like writing to JMU, calling JMU. Most of all, it's by, you know, showing it with your time and treasure. Um, by contributing to JMU however you can. And you get it your first chance tomorrow with Diggin' Dukes. And you always have that chance with the Duke Club or Montpelier or any kind of JMU fund, even if you're not an athletics person. So, like, I don't know. Um, just encourage you to channel it back into something positive if you can. So, Rob, I will talk to you next week when we will – what will we be – we'll be previewing <laughs> – we'll be talking Even about a bowl, a bowl game. game. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be talking. So the um, college football playoff selections are at noon on Sunday. And then throughout the afternoon, I think the the bowl announcements kind of trickle in. And then by like 8.30 or so, ESPN has a big bowl selection thing. Um, so this weekend, we'll have that to look forward to. Who knows? We might even have a Sweet 16 volleyball team to talk about. Um, and hopefully, we'll have another another week in the top 25 for the basketball team to talk about. And I'll be looking forward to it, Rob. Talk to you next week. Yeah. Have a good week, everybody. Go Dukes.